Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, the Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast, where our Football Insider subscribers submitted questions about the Cleveland Browns. Mary Kay will answer them as best she can. As you can imagine, Mary Kay, there are some very unhappy people uh, asking us questions. We're going to start with this question from Rhonda in Worcester. Hey, Mary Kay, as poorly as Jacoby Brissett is playing, what is the reason there can't at, la- at least be a package? trying out Joshua Dobbs for a couple of plays. Maybe it'll give the offense a badly needed spark. If nothing else, he is dynamic. Funny you should ask that question. (laughs) Is it Rhonda, did you say? Yes. Funny you should ask that question, Rhonda, because I feel the same way. I think they need a spark at the quarterback position for sure. Uh, I just think that uh, Jacoby Brissett, they're kind of asking him to do more than they should be asking him to do, specifically in terms of the long ball. He's really struggling on that deep pass. And it's almost like they're giving him things to do that they would give to Deshaun Watson. Well, you can't do that. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not a long ball passer. Uh, He's down near the bottom of the barrel in the NFL in terms of deep ball passing. That's passes of 20 yards or more. Uh, The statistics are pretty bad in that regard. And they were bad against the Patriots. He, he struggled to get the deep ball to Amari Cooper and, and he's just not succeeding in that area. In fact, he's only completed nine of 27 passes of 20 yards or more this season. That's 33% with one TD and four interceptions. So I think that's part of the problem. There are others, uh, but that's part of the problem. So yes, I would give Joshua Dobbs an opportunity to provide a spark and what better place to do that Then in Baltimore, where they have another really good running quarterback in Lamar Jackson that can hurt you with his legs as well as his arms. So, you know, a little bit of change up wouldn't hurt anyone. And I would be all for that. I'm not opposed to a Josh Dobbs like package. I would actually love to see like a Josh Dobbs goal line package. Mm -hmm. Like, why not try something there? Or there's got to be something you can do with him. He's dy- he, like he's dynamic enough that uh, I kind of hate to use the word dynamic just because I, I don't know. But he's a guy that he's athletic. He can do some things, put him in some positions where maybe he can use those traits. I am a little worried, though, that if we're talking about Josh Dobbs already, it might be a bad sign for where this season is headed. 
Well, I understand exactly what you mean, because if you're trying to use two quarterbacks, then you don't really have one, right? That's the old adage. And there's a lot of truth to that. But in this case, I think it needs to be all hands on deck uh, to try to salvage this season until Deshaun Watson gets back with six games left. You don't want to hand nothing over to him. You want to hand him a contending football team. And that's starting to slip away very quickly. They've got these two big AFC North games coming up so they can get it back. I mean, they really actually can get it back it's possible nobody has run away with the division just yet uh the baltimore ravens and the bengals are both tied at three and three uh the browns can pull even this week uh in baltimore so i mean see taki taki's right when he said today that it still is right there in front of them but they certainly have to get better quarterback play and i think that you know that joshua dobbs just might bring a, a different energy a different viewpoint to the game and it certainly can't hurt i think it's you know i i know you hate the term must win i do think that they don't have to win both of these games but if they do if they lose both of these games like it's done it's over um i think that's kind of where they're at i i mean i i feel like the last couple of years we've we've always heard the it's right there in front of us and they haven't been able to take advantage of it um but th- so like to me, if they don't at least split against Baltimore and Cincinnati, then it's done. <laughs> like season's over. Just get to Deshaun coming back and use that as your preseason for 2020. What is what is next year? 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly they can't lose both of these games. There's no way that they can do that and hope to stay in playoff contention because they're double games. I mean, they're both AFC North games, so they cannot lose both. They could probably lose one and still keep hope alive. It will be increasingly difficult, of course. Um, and, you, you know, you do feel that sort of sense of, uh-oh, it's getting away from us. But the vibe can change drastically if they go into Baltimore and somehow win that game. And Baltimore's struggling, too. They are struggling. Their defense is not playing well. Uh, they are having their own set of issues. You know, you hear John Harbaugh over there, you know, trying to make some of the same statements and the same corrections that the Browns are trying to make. So um, they can still salvage this. They still have a good running game. I can't say anymore that I think they have a good defense because right now I don't think they do. Um, And that's probably the most surprising part about the whole thing. There's two surprising things to me. Number one, and that is that is the fact that Jacoby Brissett is turning the ball over at what I consider to be an alarming rate. And number two, that the defense has played so poorly and that so many defenders that we thought were going to be so good haven't been good yet this year. Yeah, we, we definitely got a lot of questions about the defense, too, as you'd expect. I want to go back to something you said, because um, I, I was thinking about this today. So there was this play going around on Twitter today where Anthony Schwartz there was a busted coverage by the Patriots and Anthony Schwartz came wide open on a deep ball and Brissett just didn't throw like he either didn't see it did threw it too late I couldn't tell exactly what happened but it was a play where you know look the obvious response was if Deshaun Watson's the quarterback he makes that throw Mm -hmm. um this kind of goes back I, I think this was after you left the pod yesterday but there was a tweet yesterday where someone looked at the Donovan Peoples Jones end around and said man, if that could have been Jakeem Grant, it could have been a great play, something along those lines. And I just wanted to say, yeah, Jakeem Grant's been hurt for two months, though. So, mm-hmm. like, we're not allowed to say that anymore. Like, Deshaun Watson's not the quarterback. So when you when you see these plays where 
hey, there's a ball that Deshaun Watson would have completed. That's great, but he's not the quarterback. And you said earlier, it feels like Kevin Stefanski is trying to run a Deshaun Watson offense for Jacoby Brissett. And I, I was thinking that before we came on. I'm like, it feels like this offense isn't tailored to Jacoby Brissett. And I know that that's hard to do, but like it does feel at times like when you're throwing to Pharaoh Brown on the second play of the game, that's probably a cool play if Deshaun Watson's your quarterback, but he's not. And sometimes it feels like the Browns aren't dealing in that reality right now. Yeah, I mean, they. I'm sure they must have thought that he would be better throwing the deep ball when he had weapons like Amari Cooper out there and Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku, and that the fact that he was so low down the totem pole in, in yards per completion in his career was just an anomaly. And it was because perhaps he just didn't have the talent around him. Well, now I think it's becoming clear why he is, you know, sort of at the bottom of the barrel in that category, because that's not his game. That is just not his game. And if they keep trying to make it his game, he's going to keep trying to throw interceptions. They've taken him, uh, you know, to the point of not playing to his strengths. And, and that's just not, it's just a disservice to him and they need to stop. They need to stop doing that. Now I know they need, I asked Kevin Stefanski about this today on the zoom conference. They need explosive plays. They need big chunk plays. That's what you have to have in the NFL uh, to keep pace right now, but you cannot force it. And they are forcing it right now. I mean, these statistics, those statistics are pretty bad. And, you know, maybe some of it is because they don't have, you know, that, one or two other good experienced receivers to take a little bit of pressure off Amari of Cooper and to be able to be downfield and get downfield and making those plays. I mean, maybe he did see Anthony Schwartz there and didn't feel comfortable making the throw. Maybe they were using him as a decoy to create some space, but didn't necessarily want to throw him that deep ball. There was another deep ball that they threw that he threw Anthony Schwartz's way and it was intercepted, but out of bounds. So, you know, I, We'd have to ask Jacoby what he saw in that. Do you recall what quarter that was in, Dan? I I don't. It was an all 22 clip, so it didn't have any of that info on it. And I and I don't think it was a target. I don't think it ended up as a target for Schwartz. Okay. So, yeah, these are things that they have to, to think about going forward. And these are also reasons why, um, why it wouldn't hurt to have a package of plays in for Joshua Dobbs to give the other team something to think about. And also to, to spark this offense a little and to spark this, this passing game. And because your defense is not coming through for you the way you hoped it would with takeaways, you do have to do a little bit more on offense and not be turning the ball over. So yeah, lots of issues going on on this team right now. So many issues and, uh, and they are going into the lion's den of Baltimore to try to sort it out. Is it so when you talk about Jacoby and, and their belief that they could get the long ball going out of him is was it just sort of a was it them putting too much faith, I guess, in their system and their coaching? It feels like that sort of has reared its its head here a little bit this season, too. Like they've really banked heavily on their structure and their systems and their coaching being able to put guys in better positions or get guys ready to play or develop players. And it seems like in a lot of cases that has stalled almost. Did they, did they overestimate themselves a little bit? 
Yeah, I think they overestimated themselves, their scheme, their talent, and Jacoby's ability to complete those explosive deep balls. And uh, I mean, right now, I mean, he and Amari connect, they connected only for four of 12 targets yesterday. And when you can take Amari out of the game or double him, or it's just not going to work for you in terms of uh, getting the ball deep, then it's really going to hurt your deep pass. It's going to hurt your passing game overall. And it has. And, you know, that's where, you know, finding another really good experienced receiver probably would have helped a lot. Uh, the Cardinals just traded for Robbie Anderson. I mean, you know, maybe there's still something that they can do. But um, but right now it's not working. And they've got to get through five more games with Jacoby Brissett. And teams are going to look at that. I mean, we saw, we heard Brandon Staley say, oh, I knew they were going to have to pass the ball on us at the end. And like, we just weren't worried about that. Well, somehow you have to make them be worried about that to some degree. Yeah, and it's concerning too, just, kind of continuing down that thread of of being able to kind of coax the deep ball out of Jacoby. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I wonder what they saw because I don't know anybody with an internet connection and knowledge that pro football reference exists could tell you that Jacoby's not really an aggressive downfield thrower. That is true. That is absolutely true. And, you know, here's the thing. It almost seems like when the plan got changed, and Deshaun Watson was going to be out for 11 games. They didn't make the halftime adjustment there. You know what I mean? Like they just completely 100% stuck with the plan. And, and now they're, they're paying for it. They are absolutely paying for it uh, because this is not, this offense is set up to get the ball too deep to Amari Cooper and even Donovan Peoples Jones and some of, some of those players. Uh, and, and I just don't know that, you know, that, it, that he's the one to, to get the job done. It's, it's not working. I, I do think when we look back on this season and as we've talked, there is still season left, right? This thing is not over yet. We'll see what happens in these next two weeks, get to the bye. But I do think one of the things we'll look back on is something you've been saying a lot like Deshaun Watson was taking those first team reps up until the, after that first preseason game. And when you really kind of think about it, maybe when they acquired him, they thought it would be four to six games. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think you've said that here on this pod, like that's maybe what they were thinking, but I mean, it was probably around what June when it started to get floated out that the NFL wanted a year and that they wanted to bring the hammer down And like, we all kind of knew that the process was tilted in the NFL's favor, at least the appeals process. So at that point, there probably should have been a little more of a concerted effort to say, all right, we better get ready to build this offense around Jacoby because there's there's a chance that it's going to be a lot longer than we thought it was going to be. Yes. And here's the thing, too. Not only did they not try to upgrade from Jacoby by going out. Well, and make, yeah, that too. <laughs> right. I mean, they, they not only did they not go out and, and trade for a Jimmy Garoppolo, which they could have done. I mean, they could have easily done that. They would not have had to pay him that whole $24 million salary. They could have done the restructure thing. They would have been able to pay him, you know, probably something similar to what San Francisco did. So not only did they not do that, they didn't upgrade behind him. If you don't think 
that Joshua Dobbs is good enough to use at a time like this when when you need a, a spark on offense, then then the caliber of court, your backup quarterback or you know your interim backup quarterback is not what you need either. I mean, look at this. Bailey Zappi, a fourth round pick for the New England Patriots, is going out there and playing some really darn good football right now, right? Weren't you impressed yesterday with him? Yeah. And, you know, you kind of look at, you look at, he had a great game passing wise, but you look around the league and you see some of these passing numbers and it's like, how are the, how are these teams winning? And like, they're winning, they're figuring it out. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the frustrations, but that's, that's not exactly where you were going, but yeah, I mean, Bailey Zappi, New England figured out how to make it work with him. Right. They have figured out how to make it work with him and the Browns haven't figured out how to successfully replace Deshaun Watson uh, for these first 11 games, because the reason why they got Jacoby Brissett is because supposedly he wasn't going to be turning the ball over. Well, he probably hasn't turned the ball over a lot because he hasn't been an aggressive downfield thrower. They haven't allowed him to take all of those chances. So certainly then don't put him, don't set him up for failure and start having him do that because the reason that you got him then goes out the window. He was supposed to be able to manage the game and not give it away. And in my opinion, uh, he has had so many costly turnovers this season. And, and, and I don't think people are willing to look at that because he has played well, except for the five interceptions and the, and the lost fumble, but they're Owen four in those games when he throws an interception, three of those came in the final three minutes of a game with the game on the line and only needing a field goal to tie or win. I mean, if you don't throw the red zone interception against the the chargers, you know, you're winning that game. So, I mean, you just can't, you just cannot do uh, the kinds of things that, that he has done. And as far as roster building, I just don't think they did enough when they knew that Deshaun was going to be out for these 11 games they did not do enough to make that quarterback position as good as it could possibly be. Yeah, I, I agree. And th- you know, this is something that I'm going to touch on a little bit here in a, in a comp, like all of these things were kind of choices they made. And there's going to be other things we talk about in this podcast. Like these were all choices that were made. These weren't things that were like just thrown at them and they were bad luck. And, Oh, what are you going to do? You know, they, they made decisions. They built this quarterback room. You know, when we get to the defense, they they built that defensive line. They built that like this is all good and bad. Whatever's good and whatever's bad, this is all of their own doing. It it really for the, is for the most part. No, no, you're right. It's not like their starting quarterback suddenly got hurt and they had to go to their backup. No, that's not what happened. They knew that their starting quarterback was going to be suspended, and they felt that Jacoby Brissett was going to be the guy to hold down the fort. Again, that would have been all well and good if he wasn't turning the ball over. And, of course, their defense, they thought the defense was going to be a lot better. They didn't think that they were going to be losing the turnover battle every single week. They're 0 for 4 when they don't win the turnover battle. And part of the problem is they're not taking it away. They are not taking it away. The guys that they expected to step up and be a lot better this season than they were even last season in their first years. I'm talking about Grant Delpit. I'm talking about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I'm talking about Greg Newsom. These guys have not yet made the kind of impact 
that everyone expected. Jordan Elliott, we heard a lot that Jordan Elliott was just going to go gangbusters. I think they felt the same way about Jacob Phillips. So when you when you talk about those players, Jordan, Jacob, Jeremiah, Grant, Greg, right? Those guys have not taken that leap yet that they were expected to take this year. And if they don't take it, it's going to be a really long season. Okay, a few more questions about the offense. We're going to talk about the defense um, in the second half of the pod, but there were some questions. You know, look, people are asking about the run game. The Browns ran the ball 12 times with Nick Chubb, four with Kareem Hunt yesterday, uh, once with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Nick Chubb was on the field for 31 of 70 snaps. Kareem Hunt was on for 30 of 70. Uh, This question is a, a favorite topic of sometimes us and certainly of fans and our insiders. Hey, Mary Kay, why not use Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield together more to maximize the run game? What other team in the NFL uses three tight ends? That's from Frank Humer in Brexville. You know, it just, it, it, once again, it seems like they really got out coached. I mean, Bill Belichick obviously is, uh, you know, a mastermind, but you know, I look at this offense and I see so many opportunities to do so many things. And one of them is obviously using Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb more together, um, you know, trying to figure out ways to cross up a defense and confuse a defense. I mean, those guys weren't phenomenal against the run. They came in, I don't know, somewhere. They were in, in, the, they were in like the 20s. Yeah, they were in the 20s against the run. So I do think there had to be more yards to be to be gained on the ground. There had to be more things that you could do with Nick and Kareem creatively. Um, I don't know. It just seems that like they have more talent on this football team than than is what is showing offensively right now. I just I don't know. I I feel like when you know your quarterback is struggling a little bit or in the game when the quarterback is obviously struggling, uh, you have to try some, some different things. And even Kareem Hunt said after the game that we could have found a way, we could have figured out a way to run the ball more than we did. I mean, 18 times doesn't seem like enough. 12 times for Nick Chubb doesn't seem like enough. Even if it's not getting anywhere, you know, it wasn't necessarily getting anywhere with Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson either, but then he hit a 31 yard touchdown on a third and 10 draw. And those are the kinds of things that you can do if you stay committed and you stick with it. And when it comes to Kareem, it feels like this season, you know, they've given him opportunities on the ground game, but it just feels like there's, there hasn't been a lot there for him in the passing game. Now, some of that might be Jacoby, um, and, and there were, there were a couple of missed screens in Atlanta. Those kind of standouts, all right. Those, those are on Jacoby, but it just feels like there's got to be something you can do to get him more involved in the passing game. Because, you know, when Bill Belichick went on his long rant, praising every member of the Browns, Kareem Hunt was a guy that he certainly singled out a little bit too, as like somebody who's, I mean, he's a matchup problem. Like mm-hmm. other teams, when Kareem Hunt comes on the field, have to figure out, do I put a linebacker out there? Do I put a safety on him? What, you know, what do I do when, Kareem Hunt's on the field and it just feels like they haven't maximized him in the passing game to this point. Yeah, I I don't think so either. I think in a game like that, you can get more out of him than he touched the ball five times, a total of five times. Again, he had 12 yards total in that game. Certainly uh, there's more to be had from Kareem Hunt in a game like that. Uh, There's got to be a way 
uh, to do something some way. And I, you know, I don't know when they looked at the film today, I don't know if they thought they went empty too much. I don't know if they thought, you know, realized they didn't run the ball enough. Um, you know, they almost were trying to force it to Amari Cooper and that obviously wasn't working. So yeah, it was, it was a big disappointment because I still think uh, that there are so many yards being left out there from the talented players on this offense. Pharaoh Brown and Dearness Johnson were both targeted more than Kareem Hunt in the passing game yesterday. <laughs> that, that doesn't seem quite right. Um, one last question here before we take a break and get to the defense. Uh, this comes from Carloso in Plymouth, Massachusetts. I thought this was kind of a fun one. Uh, hey, Mary Kay, as things stand, the kicker has failed this team at times. The defensive line has been porous. The quarterback play is atrocious. Uh, special teams... He basically lists off everything that's gone wrong. Um, but then he says, hey, Mary Kay, what do you think Bill Belichick's record would be with this team if this were his third year of coaching? Third year of coaching this team, I think, is what he's getting at. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's hard to say. It's really hard to answer. It's it's a, it's an interesting question. Um, but there's part of me that thinks that it would be it would be better. Uh, because I don't know if he would be putting Jacoby Brissett uh, in situations that he's not well suited for. Bill doesn't usually do that. He's usually really good at figuring out what a guy can do and playing to those strengths. Um, so I'm going to say that it probably would be better. Um, I just think he's he's just such a good coach on both sides of the ball and has such a good coaching staff on both sides of the ball that that they can somehow make up for the deficiencies in personnel. They don't always have to have stars. They find a way. They find a way. I mean, they're they're using their third string quarterback and they beat the Lions 29 to 0 and they just beat the Browns who are supposed to have such amazing talent. So I'm going to say yes, the record would be better. And Bill loves a challenge. Mm-hmm. I think there's a I think there's a part of Bill that kind of loves this like post Tom Brady, even though he hasn't had the success. I think he kind of loves this like post Tom Brady challenge of like, you know, I've got to go out there and kind of work around things and figure things out and, you know, work a thousand hours a week to, you know, in that windowless facility to to get things worked out. I, I don't know. I, th- I think there's just something about Bill that and, and that's. I mean, that's not even saying anything bad about Kevin. It's just Bill loves a challenge. So I I think, yeah, he would he would figure something out with this football team. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if, if the Browns had been forced to uh, completely start Joshua Dobbs' last two games or if you want to go, you know, all the way down to, you know, Kellen Mond for the last two games. I mean, it would have been like, oh, well, you know, they had to start their third string quarterback or whatever the case may be there. You know, that would have been an excuse. It's not an excuse in New England. I mean, it's not an excuse. They're they're finding a way to get the job done. And it also looks like they found, you know, kind of a diamond in the rough in the fourth round in, in Bailey Zappi. And uh, there's a lot to be said for that, too. And, you know, the other part of it, too, is like, Bill went through a little stretch there where he wasn't drafting well and yet still was kind of figuring things out and putting things together. Now the last couple drafts, it seems like they've done pretty well. Um, but I mean, he went through a stretch there where, where he had some picks that were head scratchers, um, but he's kind of figured out ways to cover it up. 
Yeah. Yeah, they have. And, you know, and they, they did a nice job. I thought, you know, in their game plan yesterday, um, you know, in terms of trying to neutralize Nick, but once again, like I said, I, you know, I, I don't think you should make it that easy on him. I mean, don't just run Nick 12 times and say the Patriots did a phenomenal job of stopping the run. I mean, you know, the Browns also stopped the run. I mean, at this point, a big run for them, a big explosive run is certainly as good as a pass. And sometimes they come even after, um, you know, a bunch of two and three yard runs. I mean, as I mentioned before, Stevenson rushed for 76 yards on his, um, on, I can't remember how many yards he had total. I mean, how many carries he had total, but on all of the other ones, the 16 or 17 or whatever it was, besides the 31 yarder, he averaged only 2.5 yards on the rest of his carries. So he only gained 45 yards on the other, whatever, 16 carries that he had uh, for an average of 2.5. But that doesn't mean that you give up on it. And I, I think that's one of the regrets that they would probably have from this game. Especially with Nick Chubb, who might be like the most explosive runner in, in yes. football. Like he can break a big run at any given time. All right, let's take a break and then let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. So Scott Mandel from Los Angeles says, Hey, Mary Kay, who do you think is more to blame for the defense? Andrew Barry for misjudging the talent he brought in or Joe Woods for putting together an unsuccessful defensive scheme? That is a great question. That is a great question. And I know it's one that we have been pondering for the last couple of days and the last couple of weeks. Is it the scheme? Is it the, is it the talent? Is it the coaching? And it's hard to say. It might be a little bit of all of those things, but I think it bears watching what is going on with some of these young guys. Are they just not what the Browns hoped they would be? Do they need more time to become that? Um, is the scheme not playing to their strengths? Are they not you know, being coached well enough to play to their strengths? So it, it's a big mystery right now, but... I really thought that, you know, those guys would be taking the ball away. They've now got five takeaways in six games. That's obviously not enough. Um, and even when they did get the strip sack yesterday, the Browns were not able to cash in on it, whereas the Patriots put up 24 points on the Browns' four takeaways. 24 points. I mean, obviously the huge difference in the game. But – you know, I think you have to start to wonder now about the ability and talent level of some of the players on this defense. Now, maybe some of it is just that they're young and they need more seasoning and they need more time. I mean, it's going to, it remains to be seen. We do not, the jury is still out for this question. I don't think we're going to know the full answer for at least another year. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. <laughs> I think it falls on, 
Joe Woods. I think it falls on players. I think it falls on Andrew Barry. Um, again, they they made these choices that this is what they wanted to do at defensive tackle. And they wanted to to gamble a little bit on, okay, JOK is going to make a, a leap in year two. You know, Jordan Elliott's ready. Um, you know, Greg Newsom's going to make a jump. I don't know. Greg Newsom seems like he's been fine this season. Um, you know, Grant Delpit and kind of in what is really more of his second year is, is going to be better. And some of those you can understand, like there, there wasn't anyone in this fan base or no one thought JOK wouldn't make like a significant jump this year. Like everybody expects big things. So, you know, you can't really hold that against them, but there are some things where it's like, you, you kind of, you kind of put a little too much on like Jordan Elliott and Jacob Phillips and Grant Delpit and some of these other guys making leaps and just didn't really protect yourself behind those guys. Yeah. And they were in a lot of man coverage yesterday. And I think maybe they were trying to do man coverage because they've had so many miscommunications in their zone coverage. Um, And they, I think they thought that that would perhaps, you know, streamline the process and simplify things a little bit, you know, man on man, you know, go do your thing. Uh, and they had plenty of issues that way with JOK and Grant and other guys. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to this yet. I mean, you would really like to believe, for the sake of the Browns and for the sake of the t- their fans, uh, you would really like to believe that all of these young defenders are going to pop and get really good and start, you know, even in some cases challenging to make the Pro Bowl because that's what you hope for when you draft guys in the first round or in JOK's case in the second round, but you felt he had first round talent, uh, you should be trending towards pro bowl level play by now. And he, he graded out really well last year, um, according to pro football focus. And, you know, now we see him starting to slip a little bit. In fact, yesterday uh, he, he lost reps to Sione Takitaki and Sione Takitaki played 71% of the snaps and um and jok played i have this written down somewhere here um significantly less i don't have it in front of me right now but a number of his reps were siphoned away by sioni takitaki and that's not where you want um jok to be going right now you want it to be the opposite of that so i think he's struggling a little bit for whatever reason and that it could again it could be scheme. It could be coaching. I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to dig into this a little more and try to see if we can uh, get a better handle on it. But certainly more is expected out of these young guys. Yeah, I, I actually just um, I just found it here. So like you said, Taki Taki played 73%. Ousa Koromoa played 47%. Right. Um, 33 snaps. So um yeah, not not great. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you want to have him out there. Uh, you would think you would want to have him out there as much as possible. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's it just it's you hope for his sake and for the Browns sake uh, that that he picks it up a notch uh, in the second half of the season or or the rest of the way. And that that so but so does everybody else on this defense because they should be forcing fumbles, they should be blitzing, they should be getting sacks, they should be stripping the ball, they should be batting it down. I mean, th- this should be a swarming, dominant, opportunistic defense. That's what was expected. That is not happening. 
Okay, this question here, I think, is an interesting. I think it's an interesting scenario, and um, I actually was doing some quick math here while we were talking to kind of figure out where the Browns are now. Um, so Mike in Chester, Maryland, or Mike Chester from Maryland, one of the two. I still haven't figured that out. <laughs> hey, Mary Kay, do you think that Houston will receive a top five selection with the first round draft choice the Browns gave up for Watson? Now, like I said, I was doing some quick math, and I do actually think right now, based on strength of schedule, the Browns would – well. The Browns pick would be the number five overall pick. Um, but the way I actually want to take Mike's question a different direction, because I don't I don't think it's going to be that high ultimately. But let's say it's a top 10 pick. Let's say this season does kind of go in the tank and it just ends up being kind of a thrown away season and it's a top 10 or even top five pick. Is that still worth it if Deshaun Watson comes back and is Deshaun Watson? Yes. If Deshaun Watson comes back and is Deshaun Watson, it's absolutely worth it. I mean, what's what's the saying uh, about those picks? <laughs> well, the I, less need saying. Yeah, what's the less need saying? I can't. Maybe there's an expletive in it that we're not allowed to say on a family pod. But um, but yeah, you know, who needs those picks if you have the quarterback, the quarterback and elite quarterback play? makes up for all kinds of ills. In fact, really good quarterback play can make up for a football team giving up. And I tweeted this today, 230 yards rushing and 213 yards rushing, which the Chargers gave up to the Browns in their victory last year and their victory this year. Why? Because their quarterback was able to win the game for them. An elite quarterback makes up for all kinds of things. Missed kicks, a running game that isn't going the way you necessarily want it to. Uh, a really, really good quarterback is what everybody wants in the NFL. And it's exactly why the Browns put their whole fan base through what they have put their fan base through uh, to go out and get Deshaun Watson. Right. If you redrafted the 2017 draft today, it would probably go Mahomes one, Watson two, I get probably Miles Garrett three, whatever, wherever Miles Garrett is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would it would be Mahomes one, Watson two. Watson Watson is a top five five pick. Like that's what you that's what you did. You yeah. gave up obviously two additional first round picks, but like you're taking Deshaun Watson or a Deshaun Watson caliber player with that pick anyway, or you should be. So it might be tough for Browns fans to swallow like at the time, if they have to watch Houston make like the number eight pick in the draft or the number 10 pick in the draft or whatever. Right. But if Deshaun Watson can get on the field and look like Deshaun Watson, you've got a top 10, potentially top five quarterback. And that's, that's worth the picks. Absolutely worth the picks. I mean, if he is what they think he is and is still that quarterback and takes you to uh, the playoffs and the Super Bowl, it's 100% worth it. The big X factor is that, you know, at this point, we don't know yet exactly who he's going to be or what he's going to be with this football team in this climate, with this supporting cast in this period of time after two years of not playing football. We don't know that. Um, and only time will tell. 
Only time will tell. But I will say this. It, it does blow my mind every single time I watch these amazing quarterbacks watching the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen bowl last night and knowing, <laughs> right. I mean, knowing full well that they could have, they could have easily drafted both of those players easily. Yeah. And that's such a shame. I mean, then you have to know what to do with the guy when you get him. I mean, you've really got to know how to develop a quarterback uh, that's that good. And that has those kinds of talents. You've got to know what to do, but I mean, they passed on Patrick Mahomes. And I don't say, I, people always say, oh, nobody thought he was going to be, you know, shouldn't have been number one pick that year. I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. You had the number one pick. You should have known. If the Kansas- uh, if you're super smart and pride yourself on that stuff, then you should notice it. Right. I mean, the Chiefs knew it. If the Chiefs knew it, then they should have known it. The Browns should have known that. So not only that, they could have easily traded up from number 12 to get him in the same way that the chiefs did. They traded up to number 10 to get him. It would have been easier for the Browns to trade up to, to get him if they thought somebody was going to jump that. So they could have had him. They could have had Deshaun. They traded away from Deshaun that year and they just blew it on completely blew it on Josh Allen. And as you know, I'm not saying that in hindsight, I, said it at the time very strongly. So you look at what where they're at right now and it's because of the poor decisions that they have made. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no way around that. They've just they made bad decisions at quarterback. We can go through a I mean even if you want to throw Lamar Jackson into that. I know that's a little different situation, but like right. Baltimore had the guts to finally do that. I mean, I know they passed on him once too, but they had the guts to finally do it and decide this is this is how we're going to do this. And they ended up getting the youngest MVP in NFL history. Yep. And again, you have to be willing uh, to make that work. And the Ravens were willing to figure out a way to make that work. And, and that's what you have to do. Organizationally, you have to be able to utilize the strengths of a Patrick Mahomes and a Josh Allen and a Lamar Jackson. Like you, you can't just you know, hire a coach and and go with their West Coast system. I mean, like that, those days are over. You know, you have to find the talent now and you have to work around the talent. Okay. I think that's, uh, I think we hit on everything there from our Football Insider subscribers. Uh, as always, we appreciate their questions. If you want to get involved, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page, get info, get signed up for that newsletter, uh, access to exclusive stories. And of course, you can become one of our text subscribers, which is where we pull these questions from. And make sure you subscribe to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.